Hello, Falava. You're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up, the world witnesses a long-awaited win for Vanuatu as the UN adopts its resolution on climate change. Let's stop destroying our planet and our future. It is not lost if we continue to fight for what is important, which is Vanuatu, the Pacific. But what does this mean for the Pacific and for big countries? Two experts join me to break it all down. And later on... Naturally, you feel disappointed and there's a bit of pain that goes with that, but um, you've got to keep moving forward and, and that's what we do. While we're on the subject of wins, will we see one soon from Super Rugby Pacific team Moana Pacifica? A climate justice fight that started with a group of students lobbying the Vanuatu government will go to the International Court of Justice. Overnight, the United Nations passed a resolution calling for the International Court of Justice to consider a legal ruling that will tell big polluters what consequences they could face if they fail to meet their climate obligations. Caleb Fotheringham has more. The call was led by cyclone-plagued Vanuatu, and Prime Minister Ishmael Kalasakal says it is a win for climate change of epic proportions. I am proud beyond measure that today the United Nations General Assembly has overwhelmingly adopted Vanuatu's resolution on climate change and human rights. Vanuatu's Minister of Climate Change Adaptation, Ralph Regan Vanu, says the US and China, two of the biggest polluters, have much to gain. China and the US did not express support for the UN resolution this morning, but did not object. The US and China could absolutely gain great influence in the Pacific by taking real action on climate change. If China and the US profess to be our friends and want to support us, they need to deal with climate change, which is the greatest threat to our existence. New Zealand Foreign Minister Nanaya Mahuta is in Vanuatu and took part in the pre-celebration in Port Vila ahead of the decision. Music and speeches were made as the country toasted the efforts in getting to the UN General Assembly. Let's stop destroying our planet and our future. It is not lost if we continue to fight for what is important, which is... Vanuatu, the Pacific, our future generation and our planet. We We need urgent action. I believe if one can make a change, everyone can. God bless Vanuatu. Thank you. Nanaya Mahuta spoke of the honour of being at the event and acknowledged the global leadership of Vanuatu. Decarbonising our economy matters. Ensuring that we continue to work together for solutions to reduce greenhouse gas emissions matters. Being able to support a global response to loss and damage matters. And New Zealand commits to playing its part. Response and praise has flowed in from across the world, including Amnesty International and the Pacific Islands Climate Action Network. Since the news, people in Vanuatu are still in high spirits, as you just heard on Caleb's story, who's currently on the ground there. Joining me to talk more about this historic resolution is Shiva Gaundan and Katrina Bollock from Greenpeace Australia slash Pacific. Shiva is a Pacific advisor and is no stranger to Pacific waves, but with him this time round is Katrina, who is the general counsel leading the legal team at Greenpeace. Kia ora to you both. First of all, Shiva, how did you react when you found out that the UN had adopted the resolution? I was actually quite happy, sad, emotional. It was a roller coaster, coaster of emotions because it was a historic moment. You know, something like this has never happened uh, for our global quest for obtaining climate justice and climate accountability. Uh, 
this was so important in bringing something that was missing, um, a missing element in the multilateral climate cooperation, and that is legal accountability and the rule of law. Uh, it was also very historic because activism to hold big polluters um, and holding them accountable really works. Uh, it's, uh, it's so surreal to think about it that this campaign started in the very small classroom uh, in the Pacific, and now it has taken millions of voices and stories of climate-vulnerable communities, of climate-vulnerable individuals and countries to join our Pacific Vaca, our, our canoe um, it started from a small classroom and became a truly global effort that was championed by the Vanuatu government and the Pacific Island students fighting climate change and thousands of civil society organizations across the world uh, to take the biggest problem, world's biggest problem of climate change to the world's highest court, International Court of Justice. So truly momentous. Uh, uh, another historic thing was that it was accepted by consensus, which has um, never been a request, like something like this has never been a request to the International Court of Justice um, that has been adopted by consensus. So a huge, huge uh, moment for not just the Pacific, but all climate-vulnerable communities across the world. Uh, and, it, and it couldn't have happened with the incredible hard work of so many people across the world. Absolutely. Now, the last time we spoke, it was pretty somber. I mean, we touched on the IPCC report, but with this resolution, it's a win, isn't it? Especially for Vanuatu, who are just doing it rough. Incredible win. Um, and um, you can just Think about how the Pacific just continues to show this incredible global leadership, you know, when it comes to addressing climate change and simply put, doing what is right and just and just for the most uh, marginalized and most vulnerable communities across the world. But what the government, even when responding to those two cyclones, uh, which was category four strength and above, showed this incredible leadership to continue having those inside multilateral discussions to garner as much support. Uh, in the end, there was 132 countries um, that co-sponsored this resolution, which is um, a testament to the leadership that the Vanuatu government showed by having those discussions while having to respond to a climate crisis, to climate crisis within their own country. Um, and 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 like I said, it was adopted by consensus. So even the opposition bloc, if it was developing, just didn't have any support um, to uh, take it to a vote, um, which is again a, a first in international climate justice kind of advisory opinions that have been sought previously. Vinaka Shiva. Now, Katrina, can you just talk us through the legal implications around this resolution? So when it comes to the legal implications, we believe that this moment could mark the start of a formal process where the world leaders receive authoritative guidance from the world's highest court on international law that could bring about the kind of deep change that the climate crisis requires. The milestone reached today affirms the power of community-driven, people-centred campaigns for climate justice and accountability. When we see the opinion from the court, which could still take up to two years, we expect it to cement this consensus on climate change science. We think that it will increase ambition on the international instruments, such as the Paris Agreement. It'll essentially provide a baseline for state action around the world and breathe new life into multilateral negotiations and international cooperation in a way that we haven't seen before. It's also highly likely that it will be cited as persuasive precedent in legal proceedings around the world, thereby giving local, regional and international um, adjudications a guide. Um, It's also expected that it will centre and elevate the voices of communities on the front lines of the climate crisis, including voices in the Global South and the Pacific where this 
grassroots campaign began. And of course, last but not least, we expect that it will arm everywhere around the world with a new sword to fight climate change by holding governments and big corporate polluters to account. Uh, What are the consequences, particularly for the wealthy countries, if the resolution isn't upheld or if it's breached? So advisory opinions from the International Court of Justice are non-binding in nature, but they do carry great legal weight and moral authority. And one of the things the court is being asked to consider is not just what are the obligations and duties of countries to protect human rights from the impacts of the climate crisis, but the court is actually also being asked to consider what should happen when countries breach those legal obligations. So in large part, the court will make a finding pertaining to what happens under international law when countries uh, cause significant harm to the environment and our climate system. What's next now? What can we expect in the next, say, couple of months? So now that the vote has passed by consensus, the court will set a timetable and will give United Nations General Assembly members and others an opportunity to make submissions to the court on what the advisory opinion should say. So the aim of the next stage in our campaign is to put pressure on governments and other international bodies to make really progressive submissions to the International Court of Justice We want to see them run the most progressive legal arguments possible to help safeguard human rights. In two weeks, Samoa will host its first ever Super Rugby Pacific game with the Moana Pacifica set to take on the Queensland Reds at Apia Park on April 14th. But the pressure is on for Moana Pacifica, who are still currently without a win in the tournament. Fina Funua spoke with Moana Pacifica head coach Aaron Major ahead of their clash against the Highlanders on March 31st at Auckland's Mount Smart Stadium. Uh, in two weeks, Samoa will host its first ever Super Rugby game. There's a lot of Samoan players in Moana Pacifica. Could you describe the atmosphere, the feeling within the team? Oh, the, the word for me is probably excitement. Like, just really excited. Uh, excited that we get to take our program uh, to, to Samoa. Um, and, and hopefully one day that will be Tonga as well and, and, and through the whole Pacific um, Cook Islands would be nice, obviously with my own connections there, but this is um, groundbreaking for us. It's a real milestone on, on our journey for Moana Pacifica to uh, take our team and, and play in front of our home fans on the islands. Um, we haven't had the chance to have that connection yet, so it's, it's pretty special for us to, to get over there. I know that our players uh, and our staff um, especially our Samoan uh, players and their staff are really, really excited. Moana Pacifica entered the Super Rugby competition for the first time last year, and it's considered by many to be more than just a Super Rugby franchise. It's, it's a platform for Pacific Island nations to develop their rugby teams. Could you expand on this? I think um, it's hugely important. And I think we we saw last year with um, 80% of the Moana Pacifica squad going on to play for Tonga, the Kalitahi and, and the Manu Samoa, and how influential our players were in their programs. So um, that, that's a good example of uh, developing players to, to go and play uh, international rugby at a higher standard. A lot of those guys have previously come out of club rugby either in New Zealand or potentially some of the professional players up in the Northern Hemisphere. So we've created a pathway to help um, assist our international sides. 
And also, if you look at the guy like Miracle Failangi, who's um, been outstanding for us this year, and we picked him up through the combine, through the development system, and, and there are so many players in, in the islands of, of that calibre. Um, you know, if it wasn't for our pathway, Miracle would probably be back playing uh, club rugby in, in Samoa. So we've, we've managed to create a vehicle for young players like that, and, and that's exciting. So now every young Samoan boy wants to be the next Miracle Failangi back in, in Samoa. So we've showed the pathway is there, that you can come straight from the islands into Super Rugby. So it's, yeah, to answer your question, um, it's it's really critical. And like we're really proud we're going to keep building it, that there's going to be more miracles coming through in the future. And tomorrow, Moana Pacifica will be facing the Highlanders. Uh, you entered the the game without a win yet in the competition, and last weekend it it didn't go very well. Moana um, Pacifica lost to the Hurricanes fifty nine nil. How do you get them to rebound um, from that kind of loss? Yeah, I think perspective is is key for us understanding our journey. It's it's our journey. It's not anybody else's journey. It's not we're not any other franchise. We we are Moana Pacifica. We're really aware of where we started from, and um, we knew there were going to be tough parts of the journey and and good parts of the journey. So the good parts look like you're competing with um, with the best teams in the competition, and the bad parts look like a 59 nil loss to the Hurricanes on on Saturday night last week, which hurt. Like that was that was tough, and yeah, yeah. Naturally, you feel disappointed, and there's a bit of pain that goes with that. But um, you got to keep moving forward, and and that's what we do. Like we um, we build belief in, in what we're capable of, and then we we highlight the gaps. Um, what that looked like this week was highlighting the gaps in our performance. We thought we lacked um, energy in our game. So we all have a good look at um, our, our parts as, as a coach. First and foremost, you put your hand up. Okay, well, what did we get wrong through the week? Because the week before, we were outstanding against a, a Brumby side at the start of the game through the 60 minutes. So um, you look at yourself first, and then the players were the same. I'm really proud of them. They put their hand up and own their parts around their performance as well. Um, so you're highlighting the gaps, and then you keep reinforcing the things we're good at. And we always play our best rugby when there's a smile on our face as well. So it's um, one bad game doesn't make you a bad team. And it's it's driving the belief uh, in what we're good at and making sure we do it with a smile. It's like any 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 part of life's journey, not just on the rugby field. It's always better when we when we travel light and uh, and enjoy ourselves. So um, it's been a big focus and yeah, they've bounced well. They've, they've trained well and um, we'll see how that transfers on on the Saturday, or sorry, Friday night against the Highlanders. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs or download for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. From myself and the team that made this episode an amazing one yet, till fast three four.